Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to an emergency edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. My name is Patricia Trena, and I am coming to you on Saturday, the 20th of March. And mark this day down in team history, folks. The Giants gave their fans a special gift, the gift of a special Galladay. That's right. They got their big receiver, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, agreed to terms with the Giants. The deal, according to reports, is four years, $72 million. It can max out up to $76 million and has $40 million guaranteed. So we're looking at roughly an $18 million per year deal for Kenny Galladay who at 6'4", gives the Giants something that they haven't had really since the days of Plaxico Burris, who uh, was, I believe, 6'5". That is a skyscraper for a receiver and a very, very important asset to the offense. Now, we're going to talk about what he brings to the team. We're also going to have Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. He's going to join the pro- the podcast a little later on, give us a lowdown on Kenny Galladay. And uh, we'll just kind of bring you up to speed on everything. The story is still unfolding a little bit in that we don't have the, the breakdown of the salary cap numbers, but that will come. And when I get them, obviously, I'll pass them along to you. But let's talk about what this means for the Giants. Daniel Jones is entering his third year, and, you know, you look at his his year last year, the numbers didn't really uh, change up too much. You know, his, his touchdowns dropped. He lacked a playmaker. You know, there was inconsistencies amongst the receivers, amongst the tight ends. Daniel Jones was in dire need of a playmaker as he was learning this new offense. So the Giants, in recognizing that Jones was basically – just barely staying afloat given, you know, the receivers not being able to make plays for him, score and whatnot. They prioritize getting this guy a receiver. And what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish, hopefully, is to get Daniel Jones in year three of his NFL career and year two of this offense as run by Jason Garrett to take that big leap forward, pretty much like Josh Allen up in uh, Buffalo did when the Bills acquired Stephon Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings in a trade. Now, what does a large receiver or a tall receiver, I should say, do for a quarterback? Simply put, it gives them a better catch radius. And it's evident because Galladay has just been um, a master at the contested catches. Um, I saw a stat, let me see, 53 contested catches since 2018 ranks second in the NFL. Galladay also has two 1,000-yard receiving seasons in four years of his career. Um, 2019, the year he made the Pro Bowl, and also his last healthy season, he had uh, 11 touchdowns, which led the NFL. And uh, last year, remember, he had the injury, the hip injury, which cut short his season. He had 20 catches for 338 yards. So a lot of production there for Kenny Galladay. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about, real quick, the fit for the locker room. You know, Galladay was the first known free agent to come in to visit the Giants this year. The NFL allowing for free agent visits, of course, as long as 
uh, safety protocols, COVID protocols were met. So the Giants apparently had some concerns that they wanted to get checked out. And head coach Joe Judge, as I've said before on the podcast, likes to see guys in person. He likes to sit across from them, um, get a feel for who they are, get, find out what makes them tick, you know, watch body language, all that stuff. And there were reports of uh, there being concerns about how Galladay's tenure in um, Detroit ended. And so Judge bringing in Galladay, having some questions. Now, now my understanding is some of those questions had to do with some social media activity. For example, Galladay liked a uh, post about Matt Patricia, the former Detroit Lions head coach, being fired. And Judge is just not going to put up with that kind of uh, behavior. You know, he wants guys that are going to fit into the locker room. They built a culture. He doesn't want somebody going off on a tangent and, and just, you know, doing his own thing. So it was important for Judge to figure out what uh, Galladay was all about and make sure that he was a fit. The other thing that uh, Judge was able to do and the Giants were able to do was to get um, a better understanding on where Galladay was in terms of his hip injury. So that was also important. But overall, Giant fans, this is a huge signing. It reminds me so much of the Plaxico Burris signing. That one went a whole week, that entire saga. It had a little bit more drama to it than I think the Galladay uh, signing did. But a huge, huge acquisition. And look, Daniel Jones now, you know, the Giants have done everything possible to upgrade the talent around him. He's got a young but improving offensive line. He's got a new tight end in Kyle Rudolph. And, of course, we'll see what happens with Evan Ingram if Ingram, you know, makes it through the year with this team or if he's moved out at some point. Galladay has been added. Saquon is coming back. Really no excuses for Daniel Jones not to take that big leap forward that the Giants are hoping for. All right, Giant fans, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I have Matt Derry of Locked On Lions joining me. He's going to break down Kenny Galladay. He's going to tell us a little bit about uh, the person, about the player. Um, he has some thoughts also about the contract that was signed and a little bit of backstory for you on this special emergency podcast of the Locked on Giants podcast. We'll be right back. And welcome back, Giant fans. Patricia Trainer here with you on this emergency podcast of the Locked on Giants podcast. And joining me now is Matt Derry of Locked on Lions. He's going to fill us in a little bit on what Kenny Galladay brings to the table. Um, the concerns that apparently existed and anything else that he can spill the tea on. Matt, thanks so much for hopping on with me on, on this uh, Saturday afternoon. Hey, Patricia, always good to hear your voice. And uh, of course this happens on a late Saturday afternoon, just what you wanted, right? Well, I'll tell you what, Matt, I was prepared for this. I knew about this possibly coming down the pipe as of last night, I had everything ready to go, except for this podcast, obviously. Um, but I had all my writing done. I had my, my emergency locked on now done. So I was prepared. My Girl Scout training came in handy this time. So. Well, you got, a, uh, you got a pretty good football player in Kenny Galladay, but there's a lot, a lot to kind uh, well, of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of peels of the onion on this one. I, 
I'm not so sure this is this is a great financial move for New York, but let's talk about it. All right. Well, let's let's break it down. Give us the four one one on what Galladay does well, what he could potentially bring to this offense, and uh, we'll start there. Well, you know, if you've watched him play over the last few years in Detroit, he's really uh, blossomed into a very good football player and a reliable receiver when healthy that can really go up and catch the football uh, in traffic, make some unbelievable catches, has very good hands, isn't really the speediest of guys. A couple of years ago, he was a Pro Bowl alternate, then ended up playing in the game. So he's got a lot of talent, but it was at the uh, end of last season, or I should say two seasons ago, 2019, going into the 2020 season when the Lions felt like, you know, we got to keep this guy around. He was a Bob Quinn draft pick. Bob was on the, the hot seat as general manager and needed to keep as many good players around. And they offered Kenny pretty much around the same type of contract that the Giants are giving him, four at 72. It's very close. And Kenny and his agent, Todd France, at the time said, no, 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 we want five at 100. And I think the Lions went, wait a minute, five years for a guy that's going to be 28 when that contract starts? Uh, no. And so the Giants, or the Lions turned that sort of down, the counteroffer from the, uh, from the Galladay camp. And then, you know, they went into the season, decided let's play and, and, and more, but, you know, Kenny had a really big game against Arizona. And after that game went on Instagram, it was basically like, pay me my money type of message, which is sort of unlike him. Cause he's usually a pretty quiet guy, but it turns out he's getting that deal, but um, good football player. I'm not here to tell you that I think he's a top five receiver yet, and I'm a little concerned about his injuries. Last year he had a hip injury and basically missed uh, almost the entire season after he injured his hip in week, in week five. And it was almost like, hey, he's week to week. He might be back this week. And then, Patricia, he never came back. It was a little bit shady. So I think that's what, what – I think the Giants were sort of trying to figure out and interview him, you know, for a long period of time that the dinner with Jabril Peppers and all that, just to figure out if this guy's worth that kind of cash. And I guess he is to them. Yeah, well, definitely, you know, the Giants look at what happened up in Buffalo. I'm sure they see how Stefan Diggs came over, helped uh, Josh Allen take that quantum leap in his third season. Let's talk about uh, what, Galladay can can do for um, for a young quarterback like Daniel Jones. You know, I, I was looking up some of his stats. I see he's he's effective all over the field. It doesn't matter if it's short, the mid range, or the deep ball. He also has um, a pretty impressive record with contested catches. What else can he do for a young quarterback? Well, that's the biggest thing. You know, I, we've all seen Daniel Jones because obviously the Giants are on national TV way much than they should be. Uh, and and the kid at times is throwing the, those 50-50 balls up for grabs. Well, those were plays, and I love Golden Tate, but those are plays Golden can't make. Those are plays Kenny can make. Uh, he is terrific in traffic and, uh, you know, really has that capability of going up, high-pointing the football and, and stealing it away from defenders. He's tall. He's got the size. My, big, you know, my biggest issue and why I wouldn't have given him four at 72 is the speed factor. And the fact is how healthy is he coming off a hip injury that sidelined him 10, 11 games last year. 
But for a guy like Daniel Jones, who at times accuracy has been an issue, uh, Kenny can steal some away from the defenders, and that's going to be huge. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as far as the injury goes, I know the Giants are very thorough when they check guys out, which is, I think, one of the reasons why they brought him in. You know, the the other thing that um, is kind of interesting, like I said, like I was saying uh, earlier on my podcast here, is that Joe Judge likes to get guys in front of him and observe them. He likes to talk to them, find out what makes them tick, see how they react to certain questions and whatnot. Um, I know there were some reports that Galladay's time in Detroit did not end well. Can you shed any light on what happened? I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I think when he was interviewed by reporters at the end of the season, he said, I like it here. And then he went on NFL Network after the Dan Campbell press conference and said, man, uh, they asked him flat out, I mean, do you want to stay? And he said, yeah, I, I'd run through a wall for that Dan Campbell. I loved his uh, initial press conference. So there was nothing that, to me, other than that one Instagram post where he was angry at Bob Quinn and I think the organization for what I think he perceived as a lowball offer. Um, but as far as the new regime goes, I think they were very upfront and honest with him. I think he wanted, like I said, 25 at 100, and he was sticking to that. And I think the Lions were really uh, – uh, there were many people in the, or the new organization. Now, Brad Holmes, the general manager, uh, Chris Spielman, John Dorsey, they were very split on whether or not to franchise tag Kenny, bring him back at about $17, 18000000 $18 and then see if they could do something long-term or maybe even tag and trade him. And then in the end, they just elected not to tag him and – and kind of let him walk. But I don't think there's any ill will. I don't think Kenny will say anything bad. It would surprise me if he did. Other than, again, that one Instagram post where he was a little bit angry after a big game in Arizona and kind of like, a, hey, here's a picture of me having a big game. You better, you best pay up type of thing. But other than that, he had nothing but good things to say about that new regime when he was interviewed twice after they were, uh, or at least once, right after uh, uh, Dan and Brad came in here. All right, that's interesting. I know um, I've heard from a couple of his teammates, former teammates, I should say now, and they said, oh, you're going to love him. He's a quiet guy and just, you know, go easy on him, <laughs> you know, because he's not, yeah, he's, you yeah. know, I guess some of these reports have been uh, blown up a little bit. What, you know, you mentioned there are other layers to the onion here. Are, are there concerns that you would have or, or you know, what, what did you mean by that? Well, you got to remember, okay, uh, he was always an underachiever, not an underachiever, but he came from a Mac school. He was a, you know, a, a third round pick, so he wasn't that highly touted. And I think he played with a chip on his shoulder. And now, New York, big money, will he play with that same uh, chip? The injury last year, very, very weird that he was week to week and they never even put him on any IR and he missed the last 10, 11 games. I thought that was interesting. And remember, Kyle O'Brien is now in the front office with the Giants. He was in the Lions front office. Uh, what took them so long to give him that money when the Bears were only offering one year? Why was Chicago only offering one year? Why was Cincinnati only offering one year? So those are the things that I think need to be questioned. But I think on the field, once you get him out there, he's going to be pretty good. How healthy is he? What does O'Brien think of him? Kyle was on Bob Quinn's front office staff. 
is that all water under the bridge? And, and can he handle that pressure in New York? Those are the types of things I'm, I'm talking about. All right. Well, that's going to be interesting to see because certainly the, the New York market is nothing like Detroit. Uh, much bigger fishbowl, if you will. And and uh, especially when you have that kind of a contract, the pressure is now on you to perform. And, you know, what I found interesting, Matt, is that his APY average per year is the same as Odell Beckham Jr.'s, which was $18 million. That contract, of course, given to Odell by by the Giants before they traded him to the Browns. So, you know, you kind of look at, you could see that they have high expectations for Galladay. So fi- my final question to you is, how do you think, you know, based on what you know of Galladay, how do you think he's going to do in this market where every little thing he does is going to be magnified a hundred times? Um, you know, I, I, like you said, uh, Patricia, he's a quiet kid. I don't, I don't know how he'll handle it. I think it'll be fine. He was not somebody like Odell. You know, a lot of these wide receivers, Odell, Terrell Owens, you know, you know, throw Gronk in the mix that it's a tight end that had that personality and they give me the football. I want the football type of mentality. I don't necessarily think that's that's the that's that's Kenny Galladay at all. I think uh he's a pretty good dude. Um I I you know, who knows? You know, you just you never know. I mean there's always that you know, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was an ace with the Reds. Sonny Gray was an ace with the A's. He came to the Yankees, and he couldn't handle it. I mean, you just never know. Will Lindor be able to handle it with the Mets coming from Cleveland? So, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate question, though. Now he's definitely a wide receiver one. He's getting that kind of money. He was, he was making third-round money over the last few years. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, but I think he's a very talented guy. But again, remember his age, too. He was not a guy that came out of college at 21. Came out of uh, Northern Illinois at, at 23, 24. So, you know, he'll be 28 when this season starts. So that's handing him four years. You know, the last couple of years will be in his 30s, and we've seen what, what the 30s can do to some guys. Just look at A.J. Green, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we still haven't seen how the contract breaks down. If there's maybe voidable years in there, I don't know. But um, I'm certainly interested to see how it breaks down. And I'm interested to hear from Kenny because, you know, this is a huge, huge, huge signing. I know a lot of Giant fans probably would have had a major meltdown had the Giants not been able to get this deal done. So uh, we'll see what uh, comes out as far as the contract again i don't have the breakdown yet but when we get it we'll uh, be able to better assess it still but a big big acquisition by the giants matt i really appreciate again you taking the time to come on the program on such short notice and um for matt Derry, i'm patricia trainer folks thank you so much for tuning in to this emergency podcast of the lockdown giants podcast happy gala day everybody <laughs>